My grandpops was a man of respect. Had to sweat just to cash checks. Working from sunrise to set. Every day get challenged. No trades or talent. Nothing actually matters that much. Turn your camera off. I will also turn my camera off. And then I will say welcome to the Mistakes Were Made podcast. I'm Rudy. This is Al. We're getting more and more professional every day. And like, and with me as always, Robert Robert the Blue didn't didn't. This is episode eighteen. This is. I mean, by the time we hit you know twenty episodes, we might actually be okay at this uh, podcasting game. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, let me close out some tabs here. I've got a lot of tabs open. I know that you did that while we were off air, and that was super professional of you. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the fourth of July. It is the fourth of July. We record that. Happy America Day. So it might be a little quick because we're all have engagements and stuff. But uh, I figured we'd get something out, talk about some games, and uh, maybe a little bit of other stuff. And also celebrate the day maybe that yeah. we gave the middle finger to the Brits. But we love them. Please now. don't stop I listening know. to our podcast. Yeah. Oh, we do. <laughs> you guys, you know that. And I listen to all your yeah, podcasts. Well, you to listen to mine. <laughs> 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 all right. Okay. Uh, today we're going to do our normal uh, hobby games uh, and announcements. We actually have a pretty big announcement, so we might do a hugga today instead of the other way around. Um, let me see what I did there. H A G. Yeah, let's do that. Uh, and then so we also. Well, we also. Let me finish going over the the itinerary, man. <laughs> <laughs> Russell had a really great discussion about uh, competitiveness, com- competitivity. No, I think competitiveness is the right word. Um, competitiveness. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you're right. That is the right word. <laughs> what, what it takes to what it takes to make a competitive list, and why I am afraid to do that. Okay, uh, <laughs> go ahead and do the hobby. What have you done for your hobby, my friend? I started repainting Gracie. Because she was awful. She's very pink. And I, well, I'm toning her down. I, she wasn't pink enough before, so I decided to go super pink and then go down. I know that this is not. I just be couldn't a get it pink enough. I know it's not going to be a surprise to many of our listeners, but if my paint and color theory is correct, the way to make your pink less pink, but still natural, is to do a really fine wash of green. Okay. A really, really low pigment green yeah, wash. Yeah. Because what that will Actually, I have some green ink. I might try that. It will take your pink, which is basically white and red, and move it closer to a gray. Um, yep. So that'll, that, that's my project. Yeah, color theory says add color from the uh, contrasting color at the opposite end of the spectrum, and it will neutralize it towards gray. Okay. All right, uh, and I assembled some piglets, so that'll be good. You're getting into the pig gremlins, eh? Look, well, Lenny, can Gracie take ones. corn husks? I don't know. I think she can. <laughs> a Gracie-year-old major for both corn husks. What is it? What does it do? It's one of the it's one of the craziest, schemiest uh, gremlins. Like they have a ton of really great. Uh, upgrades. One yeah. of them is corn husks, which says it's it's applied to a pig, 
And I think it says that if you have a pig that is in line of sight of the pig with corn husks, it can it's, get a move, discard a scheme marker, and heal. I've got it open, and it is Ulex or pig, rare one. So any pig that's an enforcer could take it. Uh, friendly pigs. Wow, that's pretty good. That's also really good. Yeah, I'm going to have to keep an eye on that. Yep. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, so you, you've you been doing there's a lot your of tactical discussion. There's your tactical discussion. Huh? Uh, that's actually another thing <laughs> we'll talk about later is, is moving into the tactical. Read the book with your upgrades. <laughs> My hobby. Don't just skip them because they're under a specific crew. Read all of them. Yeah, man. <laughs> Especially... Uh, the trapdoors practice production upgrade. No, um, <laughs> so yeah, I spent a couple weeks up in Idaho, and while I was there, I took my newly assembled and based brewmaster crew and painted the all of that because I wanted to play them for the final. My friend Ken, who's moving to Michigan to go hang out with Al and Joe and everybody out over there. Uh, the main reason he's moving here. I am, yeah. I'm the reason he's moving away from here, and they're the moving reason he's moving to there. So, there you go. Uh, but I wanted to play. I wanted to play Brewmaster against my friend Ken, who's a Gremlin player, at the last beer lefau, and we were going to make it a drinking contest. Drinking contest. Um, in that, anytime <laughs> there was a drinking contest test. Whoever benefited from it, the, the whoever whoever was okay. If it was him taking a drinking contest test against my brewmaster, if he succeeded, I had to drink, and if he failed, he had to drink. But since we were both, and spoiler alert, we ended up both playing brewmaster. Um, basically, anytime there was a brew, anytime there was a drinking contest test, one of us would be drinking. Um, and it was uh, it was a hell of a lot of fun. So I painted I painted my entire brewmaster crew. Uh, I also picked up a Bert and a Gracie and a Maris to sort of round out my um, gremlin generalists. And I picked up a Yamaziko because I kind of love the model and I think that she's going to be cool for things like Ten Thunder Squatters. Right? She's cheap. She's strong. She's maybe a little fragile. Yeah, she's but. great. Um, so that's what I've been doing with mine, mostly painting and uh, a little bit of modeling and a little bit of basing. I also painted a tannin cool. and something else. I finished my tannin up and that was it. Was it graves? Because that would make sense. No, I've, I've had graves painted for a while, actually. Oh, uh, okay. Because I used to play him a lot with I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. We did a lot of painting, so we don't need to talk about all of it. Lots and lots to of make people people feel bad when they don't do a lot of hobby stuff. You know, I, uh, that's all it's going to accomplish. I freehanded, I freehanded the kanji for uh, sake onto all of the tiny ass little bottles, and that was nice, really fun and annoying. Really cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I haven't actually seen those models like in person to get the scale of everything. I'm yeah. assuming they're small. They're pretty small. I could about I could twenty-eight millimeter, thirty-two. So that'll be fun. Uh, cool. Uh, we're on to 
games then. And then we'll do announcements and then we'll do strategies. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh, uh, I have I have five games. You have how many? Three. All right. I'm going to go first then. All right. My first game was the first game at, uh, at Beerlefo. And my first game was the first game at Beerlefo is very often a, a hardcore game, just so we can try and get three games done in a very short amount of time. Uh, and so my first game was 10 Thunders Toshiro. I was playing against Dan of the Before We Begin podcast. He was playing a Sebastian. My list was uh, Toshiro, uh, Illuminated, Illuminated Wastrel. And I had misdirection on uh, Toshiro. So basically my strategy was use the the eliminated to be big, tough, stompy, punchy guys. Since they were minions near Toshiro, they'd have a positive twist to all their attacks and willpower duels, which is cool. Um, and uh, they would be able to heal. And Toshiro, so long as he had masks, could pitch damage off onto them. Um, and then the Wastrel would also be able to throw heals at anyone who is sort of being extra extra stumped. And it worked really well, except that what happened for me was I was looking at uh, Sebastian with a Flesh Construct and a Flesh Construct and Yin. And I saw Yin and I thought to myself, this might be the one and only time where I am properly equipped to kill Yin. I have monsters that are able to get a positive twist to attack and he's not giving a negative twist to damage so it's like I'm just moving in and I'm actually on even footing with Yin for the first time maybe ever and so I just poured everything into Yin. Problem was he sort of meat walled with his flesh constructs um, and uh, and by the end of the game it ended up, I think it ended up going 4-3 because we got to the end of the fifth round and he was able to kill my Wastrel. But neither of us was able to, like he couldn't kill Toshiro because I kept sloughing off damage onto his uh, Flesh Constructs. And yeah. he couldn't, uh, and I couldn't kill uh, Sebastian because Sebastian. I was far away from him because I was being meat walled by these two Flesh Constructs. So I think he ended up winning because he killed my last Wastrel and, and I lost the last round of Turf War. Uh, but it was a fun game. Games with Dan are always good, and I love that every time I play a game with Dan, I, I finish it. So we uh, we we made that our goal. It's like let's let's make sure we get to round five. But we did. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good goal. Can we talk about my game now. Yeah, go ahead. That's that. We'll sort of and it should work out just. Okay. Right. Well, I, this was another league game. Uh, this actually I played against Joe, which he talked about on the Cheated Fates radio, so I'm not going to get too much detail, just because you can listen to it there more. Smart. Yeah. And uh, so it was a squatter's rights game on corner deployment, and it was ridiculous. <laughs> the scheme pool had no killing in it. Uh, we had Entourage, Breakthrough, Distract, Bodyguard, and Line in the Sand. I had Entourage, Joe took Entourage and Breakthrough. I took Entourage and Distract. Uh, we both took it on our Masters. Both our Masters died. <laughs> Everything died. It, Everything it was died. a bloodbath. It was, it was so silly. 
I it was a 35 stone game was in the grow league still. So I had Somer with three bio gremlins, Bert and Gracie. I put the saddle on Gracie, which was awesome. And a slop hauler. And he, I think I brought encouragement. I don't remember what upgrade I brought. It didn't really come in to play because everything was dead really quick. <laughs> uh, not to get like basically turn one he oh he had katanaka sniper he was doing 10 thunders with a monk of the low river two monks of the low river i played one ama and torikage and the malifaux child and he started with the monk like in the opposite corner so we're doing corner deployment right on a squat marker so i put bert and gracie opposite him in order to be like to get him and prevent him from just flipping a squat marker and sitting there shooting me all game and a bio gremlin over there as well just to sort of threaten one of the squat markers or sure. the squatters rights markers you know uh and then somer the other two bio gremlins and the slop hauler came in the lower well you know went sort of uh the opposite corner to get markers that way it was very ridiculous so we ended up with and like i think it was end of turn one beginning of turn two i was doing a bunch of damage to the katanaka sniper i think and i killed it with bert using the saddle with gracie to basically move him you know a lot before he even activated and then just pulled out my gun and shot the katanaka sniper and i think i got the good trigger too that let me take another shot Trigger, sure trigger or something like that. Something like that. Because the the one it's making fun of is trigger. Oh, I think it's trigger crazy. Because it should be trigger happy. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I believe you were right. And I got that trigger. Yep. Trigger crazy. So I got an extra shot, and I managed to kill the sniper real quick. Unfortunately, Ama. This was, I think this was turn two. Ama came over and put up, I think I killed him at the end of turn one, actually. Or I got some damage on him. And then Ama ran over. Yeah, I must have killed him at that point. Because uh, he wasn't around when Ama was being annoying to me. So <laughs> uh, She came over and threw up Hazardous at the beginning of turn two and dealt a bunch of damage to Bert, so he had one wound left and was standing in Hazardous Terrain. Uh, and then Gracie ran in to try and save him. Flipped, like, she did the reactivate, so took two wounds. And then flipped severe, so I think she was on, like, one wound left when she entered the hazardous terrain. <laughs> Which she can heal up, but I, uh, I at the time, I well, I, I knew I knew I had read this at some point, but in my mind it wasn't computing that if she, I didn't know how reactivate worked with hazardous terrain, and for some reason I thought I'd have to take another check but you don't it's nope. just the ones per turn but i was like i have to kill her in two hits so i can save bert and that was my only way to do it and then i was like oh i didn't do it and i was all mad because i'm like oh she's gonna die and bert's gonna die because i have to activate him now and then colin or joe or both of them were like no that's not how it works you can totally reactivate her and not take any damage and then i was like oh awesome tusks and just <laughs> tusks. <laughs> i think i got really really quite lucky i think i managed to hit like just the right cards to get a good flip but it was very late in the turn and i had and it was one of those ones where i was like i had had you know there was only six cards left in my deck and that was funny because i looked after like the game and th after the turn was over and said 
Oh, they were all moderate. So it didn't matter how many negative flips I was on. I was going to hit a moderate. Because <laughs> 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 I had like four cards left and three of them were all four of them were moderate. So I was like, well, that's lucky. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Actually, that's the opposite of lucky. That's just, you know, what happens in a uh, game yeah. based on a card. Yeah. So that definitely turned the game around. I had Bert and Gracie both with one wound. Oh, no, Gracie healed up when she killed her. So she was on full again, but Bert was on one. And then, uh, oh, the, but the other thing that happened turn two, which was even more ridiculous, is Somer lit off with his boomer and blew up a Torakage and a Malifaux child and dealt like four damage to a, to a Monk of Low River in one shot. Somer's good. Yeah, his gun is, is powerful. It's only a shoot five, which is low, but if you can hit with it, it's brutal. Like, Especially if you can catch thinking you know, from Lenny. Yeah, if you have the ram. Yeah, when you have the ram, it's really good. I didn't have Lenny in this game because it was a low soulstone game, and I don't yeah. have pigs, and it's like he kind of loses some of his advantage in the lower soulstone games. Plus, playing against Yanlo, against Yanlo isn't a good idea with his willpower of one. Mm. Basically, like infinite free lightning dance wherever you want. That's true. <laughs> I found that out in the very first game of the league, so I wasn't going to fall for that one again. Uh, the game progressed from there with Yan Lo killing all of my other gremlins but Somer, the monks of the Low River running in and me uh, distracting them for a turn. And then they got one of them got by, one of them got killed. I managed to get all the points for squatters rights. I don't think Joe got any just because he left one open that I could flip back and just managed to get enough and he didn't have enough models to bring him back. Yeah. Uh, so mistakes for this game, probably, I mean, I won, but I didn't focus on strats or schemes at all to begin with. It was just yeah. all brutality and, you know, I can work sometimes, but <laughs> if you're playing it's not great. Uh, one of the dumbest things I did was I put, uh, reactivate on Gracie and took two wounds and then proceeded to get it removed immediately by the Trenish was standing next to a monk of the lower river. So I was like, yeah, I probably should have just not bothered <laughs> going for the reactivate. Although it did waste, I guess it wasted some AP, but still. Yeah. I had some interesting interactions with uh, stuff too. So that was fun. Though. It was a very fun game. Nice. Uh, and that was the, my fourth game of Somer. All right. Oh, that was my uh, six to three. Oh, <laughs> Doesn't matter. That was my first, my second game with Tashiro. As no, I'm just joking. Yeah. All right. So my game oh, that's two. The, that's the second. Okay. Game two. Okay. So my my game two. Well, I thought you said just a second, so I waited for you for a second. No, no. <laughs> Okay. What did you say? I said, that's the second challenge once we finish all the masters. All of the henchmen we own. Oh, yeah. No, I'm good. All the, all the, all the henchmen <laughs> we have to do uh, hardcore games for. Nah, I'm all right. Yeah. Hardcore that much. Hardcore. Um, my game two. Ten Thunders Brewmaster versus Ken's Gremlin Brewmaster. Um, this is the one where we basically just sat there and drunk, drank a lot. Like a lot, a lot. Like a lot. I think we yeah. went. Through, I think we went through three beers in the game, each. Um, 
And uh, I got the upper hand pretty early. I was able to sort of surprise him. He knew it was going to happen with uh, with Tannen and in the bubble because I had Tannen. My my list for both of my games was uh, Brewmaster with Binge and um, oh man, that other one, Binge and, and something else. Uh, I had two uh, Moon Shinobi. I had two performers. I had Fingers. I had fingers. Uh, had a drinking problem, and I had Apprentice Wesley, and I had Tannen. I don't think Tannen had any upgrades. His thing was that he was going to move in and just be a big foil for um, the ability to drop scheme markers. If it was, I wanted to do a fixed list. I just like this is what I'm going to play. I'm just going to play this. It's fine. Um, so. I moved forward pretty well. I used binge and discarding low masks to uh, push Tannen up. I used obey and I, or no, I used um, performers and I had them use Siren's Call on the uh, Moon Shinobi. And I had them flip and then cheat down with a mask to be able to both take their five inch push towards the performer as well as their three inch push afterwards nice uh so they were getting like eight inches of movement in the first turn before they even activated uh which is pretty good and then a princess wesley sort of tottered along behind and fingers moved like crazy and caught back up like he he, he took the hot route i put him sort of out on the corner and then when i realized that everything was going for the center i was like okay fine i'll just move on um and uh the first the first round was really just positioning. The second round was where everything started to go to hell because I won initiative. I pushed forward with my brewmaster and then um, just started pulling everything in. I had brewmaster, at one point in time, I had brewmaster, Lenny, Trixie Bell, um, a moon shinobi, and uh Bert Jebson all in my bubble of both you can't cheat unless you discard and it, you have to do a uh, you have to do a drinking contest in order to do anything um and so the, for the first two rounds for the, for turns 2 and turns 3 it was it was exactly what it wanted to be i was pushing people in i was yanking people in with the with binge and with um obey and with uh, Siren's Call and everything was going well. I, I just obliterated a couple of Moon Shinobi once they got to a high enough of poison. It was a good time. Uh, I almost killed Brewmaster doing the same thing. Like, I wanted to get him into the bubble, so I lured him and took the sip of wine trigger, which cleared his poison, but put him back in the um, in the red zone for damage. Uh, then he swung on Brewmaster, and Brewmaster was like, well, if I push you out of here, then you won't count for uh, extraction. So I I burned a stone and I hit him with the your drunko home trigger. And he went back to the um, back to the deployment zone. But then he's like, oh, I can use a zero action to push towards a model with poison. So I'll do that. Then I'll move and I'll move. And then I'm back in. I'm back here. I'm good. And then he totally took the points of that. And then start of turn four, he won initiative, and everything just started going to shit. Because he's like, well, I'll, I'll do a drinking contest. And poison and hangover and poison and hangover. 
And it was just like yeah. completely flipped the script and I, I couldn't do anything and he could do everything. And then um, just sort of uh, rolled downhill. And then I ended up losing the game. But it was a hell of a game. There was a lot of drinking involved. I love playing against Ken. I'm going to miss him when he's gone. Uh, but you, you, my loss is your game, literally. I think we yeah, should, really I think we should that works, bring man. him on. I think we should bring him on as a full-timer. Yeah. But I, yep. Okay. Your game two. That was my second my game. My game two. That puts me at 205 with Brewmaster at that point. Wait, what? Two of five. Okay. Two of five, yes. All right. I uh, was playing a makeup game for the league for Nino or Nino. Sorry, I don't remember if how it's pronounced. But yeah, uh, you know, we uh, so we played the three soulstone game, which is the transport relic, which I had played already. Because uh, I played it twice, I decided to switch it up and play with Kiris, just because I wanted to get a game in with her. Uh, it's been a while since I've played her. I think I might be moving back to the Arcanist after Gremlins just to finish them up. Uh, the scheme pool uh, with our relic was power ritual, protect territory, line in the sand, distract, and breakthrough. So that was fun. When I was looking at I, I knew I was going to play Karis no matter what. So when I saw the scheme pool, I was fairly happy about it. Not worried too much. I was the diff attacker. I, I keep getting these mixed up. I was the one deploying normally, trying to steal the relics. So I think that made me the diff, the defender. But I might be mixing that up. This is the Shenlong's uh, story encounter from the Crossroads book, if anyone's curious. Uh, basically what you do is you deploy, give one of your models this relic that hurts them every turn and they have to get it to the other side of the table. And then your opponent places markers all over the board uh, uh, slightly more than they have models. And when they're, it's their turn to activate, they can place a model on one of the markers and it just activates there as if it's popping out of the ground, you know? Mm -hmm. It's a very fun uh, strategy we've played. This is the third time I've played it just because we were doing it for the league and guys needed to make up games and stuff. Uh, so I had some idea of what was going on. Uh, Nino is playing Yanlo for the league. He brought Datsuba, two Anryo, and Izamu, the armor. I was playing Kiris with uh, Grab and Drop, Firestarter, two Gunsmiths, and a Korofi. I gave the relic to the Firestarter. I was, yeah, thought that was pretty cool. I forgot. There was something funny that came up, but let me just keep going through it. Maybe I'll remember. Uh, I had a gunsmith on the left flank, the Corfi on the right flank. I take power ritual and protect territory or breakthrough. No, breakthrough. Power ritual and breakthrough. So I put the Corfi on the far side, the gunsmith on the opposite side. To try and you know to drop the power ritual markers on my own zone and then try and move up the field. I figured the Corfi would have a better chance than the gunsmith, but the gunsmith wasn't so far away from everybody else that she couldn't just move back in and help out with the relic and the helping Kiris or getting buffs from Kiris. Uh, he, like I said, he was deploying his stuff as we went, so 
I started with my Corfi, moved it up, and then he popped Datsub up right in front of it and shot at her with Waysins. Got her down to two wounds left out of four, which isn't that impressive, but still annoying. And uh, that was Datsuba. Uh, we went we went back and forth. I ended up in that turn. I used uh, Flare to give my other gunsmith and the fire starter burning so they could get the flying so they could drop a marker for free. Right. That helped me get up the board. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, I love that move. I love Wings of Fire. Yeah. Yeah, it was fun. And then uh, Kyrus popped around the corner, lit Dots on fire, and did some damage to her. And then the gunsmith came around and finished her off. So that was good. Izamu then popped up right in front of everybody and said, I'm a big wall. You know, please yep. don't hit me or please hit me. Yeah. So we uh, <laughs> yes, proceeded to hit on him a bunch and move around. And there's a lot of maneuvering in the center when Yan Lo popped up and a lot of, I'm going to light your stuff on fire and you're going to hit me. And, <laughs> but I did eventually manage to get the fire starter through. Like he managed to sneak away with the relic up the field. Uh, he, but he, when he got away, he only had one wound left. Like he would have died from the relic at the end of turn five. Yeah. He might've had two. And then, you know, like by the time the end of turn five came around though, he was going to be dead. Right. So I had to have him, he dropped the relic, uh, ran up and dropped a breakthrough marker. And then the Corfi managed to swoop in from their power ritual and make it over with just barely enough movement to pick it up and get me that the full points for the relic. Nice. The game, which was very good. Uh, went downhill from him. Kyrus managed to kill the, is or kill Izamu. Yan Lo, I think, got burned to death eventually. And then my Onryo, his Onryo and my gunsmith were just fighting back and forth. I think he killed that gunsmith, but the Onryo was out of position. Got him some a point for protect territory, but he didn't have enough models left to get like full points for protect territory at that point. So it was an eight, one win with four for the strat one for breakthrough and three for power ritual. Mm. And he had the one for protect territory at the end there. It was a very good game uh, for Kyrus. It was a lot of fun. I, like I said, I'm enjoying the story encounters the more I do them. So they're quite, quite You're fun. You're a nice way to, to increase variety in the game, you know? Oh yeah. And they're not, not, I don't think they're balanced, and it's a lot more likely that you're going to have a blowout win, I feel, with right. a lot of stuff. Uh, just, you know, from, like, when I played this the previous weeks, there was all, it, none of the games were close. Like, part of that is, you know, if you if I have the Relic at the end of the game and you're, you're I think it's half of the table or deployment zone, I get four points, so, and you get none. And if you hold the Relic at the end of the game, then you can get points. And I can't get any, you know, so it's an all or nothing sort of thing. Just fun. But yeah, that was my fifth game with Kyrus. She's awesome. It was fun. Looking forward to playing her some more, so that'll be good. All right, Rudy. How'd your third game of uh, Beer Lafo go? <laughs> Three. Beer Lafo uh, was me as 10 Thunders Brewery versus Ray Bannon in a grudge match. Uh, also playing Gremlin Brewery. 
I was starting to feel, <laughs> starting to feel of uh, Deja Vu, but he changed up his crew enough. He didn't take Trixie Bell. He only took one Moon Shinobi, but he took McTavish. Uh, and McTavish nice. is great. Yeah. McTavish, McTavish, I don't think it really matters. Um, the game went pretty much the same. He held his he held his brewmaster back for a while, like in the in the back corner. He was trying to lure things back to him, but the game was um, guard the stash. So I was like, you need to get things close to that early, like early, early. So I pushed forward hard, and he sort of held back and tried to yank me forward. Um, but with my performers, anything that went too close to where he was, I just lured back. Um, but McTavish focused and shot Tannen uh, round one and just pumped a ton of damage into him and killed him before he could really cause a whole lot of havoc. He was like, yeah, I know what Tannen does. I need to get him out of the board as soon as I can. And it was, he was right. Um, he didn't take Trixie Bell, so he didn't have the ability to cheat initiative. But the initiative went basically the same way um, it went the first time I played Brewery versus Brewery, where I won the first three. Uh, and then for the fourth and fifth, where it was like the most important, I lost it both times. And one of them was literally like in, in, in the Beer Lefo, uh additional rules. You can use a beer bobble to remake someone flip, uh, reflip something, someone, unless it's a, unless it's a joker. Um, so you, you can use a bobble to make yourself reflip unless you flip the black joker, or you can make them reflip something unless they flip the red joker. Um, so we flipped initiative. I was winning. He bobbled to make himself reflip. He was winning. I bobbled to make him reflip. He was still winning. I bobbled to make me reflip. I was winning. He bobbled to make himself reflip. He won. So it was wow. like both of us flipped three times and eventually he came out on top. Um, yep. And uh, and that's sort of where it all went downhill again in, in turn four and turn five when I ran out of stuff to be able to do because dream contests and hangover can be such a powerful way to shut somebody down. Uh, and whoever gets to do that first wins. For that turn basically um it came it this one was uh really 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 close um in fact it was an 8 tie um and it was a really good game i love playing against ray uh and he told me that if i had <laughs> so when i went to califo he put a, a cookie bounty on my head uh coming into uh the ordo fanaticus club challenge ofcc he has a for his Tacoma players. He has a, uh, a a pitcher of beer bounty on my head. Anyone who beats me at OCC gets to claim a pitcher of beer. And he told me after the fact that if he had let me win, if I if I had lost to him then, uh, in in this in the last round of Beer Lefeu, uh, he would have called the bounty off. But since we tied, the bounty's definitely still on. Um, All right, it's pretty funny. I'm pretty happy that so he's winning this tournament. <laughs> so I have to move to Tacoma and go to the tournament. I get free beer. Yes. And meet I mean, this other he, guy. If you right. came over OCC and beat me in a Malifaux game, he would probably buy you a pitcher of a beer. All right, good or to know. At least, or at least give, you, or at least toast something to you. I don't know. Yeah, no. So that was a, a fun <laughs> game. Um, 
fingers, man. Yeah. He's so good. You should proxy him. Yeah, he's he's all right. I probably will he's, if I continue playing gremlins. A lot of gremlins are like, oh, he's so expensive. He's ten stones, but they don't come from, you know, any faction that has models that are usually often more like Howard Langston's eleven, right? The writers are twelve. Pretty sure he's twelve. Oh yeah, he's eleven. No, I think he's eleven when you when you pretty strong. Um, Nakima's fourteen. No, thirteen. She's a, she's a lot. Yeah. If you take a Corfi duet, they're technically fourteen. So I'm used to paying a lot of stones for a model that does a lot of things. Now, fingers has the ability to give poison on a melee seven, which is great for a crew that uses poison. Um. He's got really great stats, six, six defense, six willpower, I think. He's got a good move. Um, but the thing that I often take him for is scheme generation or scheme denial. Because if yeah, someone... Yeah, he's chatty. Well, one, he's got chatty so that you, they can't take interacts. And two, if they're outside the bubble and they do take an interact, he can move to within six inches and then take a one action to turn their scheme marker into my scheme marker. From like pretty good. four inches away or something like that. Wow. Something silly. Yeah. Um, and he does, it's not even a cast. He just does it. Uh, and then when That's I crazy. play him with Brewmaster, I give him Drinking Problem because he doesn't have a zero action inherent on his card. So if you can give him a zero action that is a willpower duel to push someone closer to the Brewmaster, it seems uh, pretty good. Pretty solid. Yeah, I'd try it. I think if I played Brewmaster, but that means maybe once. But the but the main the main uh, <laughs> oh that makes him a twelve stone model. That's more than you know twenty percent of your. Uh, it's like, don't worry about it. It's it's he's worth it. He is worth it. <laughs> anyway, so fingers uh, was the MVP in all of my games with uh, ten thunders and gremlins, basically. Except for my McCabe game, which is next. No. Or Toshiro. Or Toshiro. But that wasn't really... Yeah, anyway. <laughs> That's like 50% of your career, then. That'd be ridiculous. And oh, yeah. there's not a lot of scheme markers. Don't do that. Fingers not great in uh, Henchman Hardcore. Just so you might know. actually be. Because if you, if you did Fingers as your... Because he's a Henchman. You start with Fingers as your guy. And then you go with... Trixie Bell and two performers, I think, is the is the common hope, because then fingers can pile okay. poison on someone. He's really hard to kill. Trixie Bell can yeah. pile poison on someone. She's pretty hard to kill. And then the performers just destroy whoever you're targeting. That's not bad. It ain't bad. It's kind of, it's fun. It's fun sideways. Yeah, right. I like it. Anyway, uh, cool. So I'll talk about my game five with somer we'll get back to you with your uh, last two okay sounds good perfect i played went back to somer for his fifth game this was against colin who was playing ironsides in the league we we're doing 45 soul stones we didn't uh joe wasn't there this week so we just did a story encounter just for our own fun because we didn't know what we should play like we didn't have anything assigned so we just went with whatever we wanted, and we wanted to do a story encounter, so we flipped, and we went with the 
informant story encounter. It's from the first book, or the deck, I mean. I'm pretty sure it's called informant. Uh, basically, there's one person who has, or no, it's escort. Escort. You're escorting an informant across the uh, table. So if the, 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 the attacker, I guess, is trying to get to their this 30 millimeter escort model, which is defense six, willpower six, wounds 10, height two, just generic uh, thing across the table. And you have to take a one interact to move it five inches in any direction to do this. And then they get four VP if it's on the opposite half of the table at the end of the game. And then the defender, depending on the suit of that we flipped, had different has different uh, abilities or different uh, ways to score points. I think that's a really cool. Uh, the one we had, way, but... yeah, I like I like that a lot. The fact that it changes every time and it keeps it different. But the one we had was uh, masks, which is retrieve information. So I had to twice per game uh, interact with the model, take a two interact to get two VP each time. So uh, it's like half to. It's like your strategy is deliver the message. You have to do it twice. Yeah. If I do it twice, then I get the uh, full points. So that was cool. Uh, uh, like I said, I was playing Somer. I brought Lenny back in this game. I brought the family tree and can of beans with Gracie and Bert. I put Dirty Cheater on Bert, which is fun. Uh, which is the one that if he cheats on a during his turn, he can heal. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty good, especially with hard to kill. So, uh, and then two slop haulers and about one bio gremlin. Uh, I didn't really end up summoning a ton. I brought one bio gremlin, so obviously I wasn't summoning or planning on it. I did get one extra bio gremlin off of the family tree, but then proceeded to just focus on shooting stuff. And uh, yeah, I was happy with that. So the Somer and the it was a flank deployment also, which was interesting for the uh, informant just because it was so close to the center line to start with to get it on my half. Uh, he brought Ironsides. He had Joss and a Gunsmith and two Oxfordians. I think that was it for his list. I think I wrote it down. Oh, and Johanna. Yeah, he was. Uh, I'm gonna ask you. He was part. trying to. Yeah, so he was getting lots of heals from Johanna. He think he, he mainly he brought Joss to deal with Gracie or Pigapult. I think was his idea there. Just because ignoring armor, it's uh, the gunsmith as well. They're also just really good models. So <laughs> they were really good against Gracie. So on turn one, I got Gracie up and she, uh, the positioning didn't let me get a charge off, but I did get to hit the gunsmith once. Uh, unfortunately, I gave the gunsmith fast and didn't kill her. And then he got to activate first on turn two, emptied all of his gunsmith attacks into Gracie. She lived. Uh, then I got to kill the gunsmith and then Joss ran over and killed Gracie. So Short-lived, did kill one model. Really warped the positioning a bit, though, and made Joss not, like, charge into 
Selmer and everybody for a turn or two. So that was actually very helpful. Sort of pulled him the opposite direction from probably where he would have been. Nice. Let let Bert run free a little bit longer. They split up in this game, actually. And Bert sort of took to the flank and started shooting at Johanna. I needed to get her down just because the healing was too powerful with all yep. that MSU. So I focused on her. Yep. I actually, I got some really good flips. I think I, uh, I don't know if it was all good flips or I cheated up high enough to get straight flips a couple times, but Bert was peppering in there with his uh, gun, getting blasts off on people and then managed to kill NX 40 and, and Johanna in a turn. Nice. So that was very good. Brutal there. And then killed the other Ops 40 in the next turn, which was, you know, so he really did some heavy lifting there before Ironsides came over and punched him <laughs> and killed him. But yeah, he did a lot of work. Somer's gun was good as always. I managed to, it was a slop hauler was very strange in this game. One of my slop haulers, I sort of brought him up to try and heal Gracie, but didn't get to really help. And then he proceeded to get engaged by Joss and then proceeded to manage to reckless and disengage on the first try in order to retrieve information from the informant for nice. two points. So that was the slop all his life before he got brutalized some more. So <laughs> that was the top of turn three. He couldn't, uh, he, he, I didn't get to activate him before Ironsides beat him to death. So that was good. <laughs> but uh, I managed to get the two points for that, which was good. At that point, I realized I, the way it was positioned, I was probably not going to be able to get any more, so I just started shooting at her with Somer to kill her, so she would he wouldn't get the four points. Uh, Bert killed, like this was turn three, Bert killed the Oxfordian, got beat up by Ironsides. This, that might have been turn four that he got beat up by Ironsides before he could activate, but very low models at this point. He was down to Joss and Ironsides, and I was down to Somer, a slot hauler, and the two Biogremlins uh, by the end of turn four there. And I started making my way up for my schemes, which were... Uh, that's the wrong game. Were Protect Territory and Plant Evidence. And he had Bodyguard on Joss. And the Arcanist uh, scheme, where it's if you have more markers down at the end of the game that aren't being used for anything, you get a point or three points or whatever. I didn't actually read it, but it sounded <laughs> like that. Uh, so I'd unfortunately do some positioning and just the way the terrain was, I could only get one plant evidence marker down before the end of turn five. And I only got one protect territory marker down. So I would have been at four points and he would have been at five. It would have been very sad. Uh, but we flipped for a six turn, so that was crazy awesome. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had, uh, yeah, he managed to get Joss to the other side of the table before I could kill him and hide him somewhere with one wound left due to the reactivate. Oh, and Lenny. Lenny was, that was, he was tying up Joss for a little bit in the middle, trying to beat him to death, but failed. Gave him reactivate and then got killed and Joss ran away. <laughs> Uh, he also, by killing Lenny, denied me that protect territory because I would have had it three for that before he killed Lenny on turn five. Hmm. Luckily, it went on for another turn. My Biogremlin, who was like off in the flank by himself, 
managed to drop another plant evidence and to protect territory using his reckless. Uh, and he had just he had three wounds left, so he had just enough so he could do drunk and reckless and not die. And <laughs> so he was an MVP. And then uh, my, I think I still only got one point for protect territory just because it was a cluster still with Ironsides and Somer and the slop hauler. And I that's when I killed the informant on turn six with Somer's gun, but couldn't also drop a marker. So I end up with one point for protect territory, two for plant evidence, and uh, he ended up with three for bodyguard because Joss we had the turn six, so it didn't matter. He's below half wounds. Oh uh, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was it was a six three win with my four for schemes and two for strat, and he got the three for bodyguard. I forgot what his other scheme. Oh yeah, the arcanist one, which he didn't get because I had all these protect territory markers that were vacated when stuff died around them so mm. ended up working out for denial which i guess it's kind of a weird balance point for that scheme you know it's like if you end up killing a bunch of stuff then well it's, especially it's kind of well, narrow protect, protect territory yeah yeah this i was my genius move was to take protect territory against it i knew it was powerful Perfect. So. yeah well done yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that was the fifth game with somer a lot of fun I, it's one of the few times I've beaten Colin, so it's always good to have someone who's really a strong player pushing you. So fun, fun, fun. Um, he was talking about Ironsides a little bit after, just sort of, but we could probably talk about when you play her again some more. All right. He felt like it, he felt like it was kind of hard to get like a really big differential game going with her, so. It's a lot I, of close I haven't games. played her some more. She's she's one of the things that like I have yeah. five games played with her, but I haven't finished wrapping my head around her yet. Like I don't think that five yeah. games was enough for for that for that master. Yeah, I think this is only like that, second or third really game with her too. And I do know all the things I need to know about her, and I feel <laughs> well, I don't believe that that's the case though. I think there's yeah. more to her than I. Yeah. We'll talk about her some more when you start playing her again. Yeah. Which will actually probably right. come up in our uh, our little talk about strategy or uh, competitiveness. Okay. Uh, my last two games were very competitive, uh, even though I didn't realize it. Um, <laughs> my first, I played two games yesterday. I actually played three games yesterday. One of them is Guild Ball. But uh, my second one was uh, McCabe versus Gry. I had, uh, it was Squatter's Rights. I took Vendetta and Protect Territory. He took Protect Territory and Line in the Sand. I had McCabe, the Katanakanaka, uh, a uh, Ostringer, a Toshiro with Command the Graves, McCabe with Promises, Glowy Saber, and Badge of Speed, uh, two Guildhounds, Luna, and... Something else. No, maybe that was it. Oh, and the Lone Swordsman. Who is great, but died very quickly in this game. Uh, so uh, my plan was to use... Uh, I took Vendetta with um, the uh, the Ostringer versus the Dead Doxy, because anytime you can take Vendetta with the Ostringer, you should. Um. Mm -hmm. First turn, Dead Doxy moved outside of the uh, 
outside of the summonable bubble. She blocked line of sight to herself. And so like the second that I had her in my sights, I used the Katsunaka to soften her up, focus focus and shoot on the dead doxy. Pinged her for three damage with critical strike. Um, and then I used McCabe to give the Ostring a reactivate and then tucked him the badge of speed so he had nimble as well. And so he nimbled out of line of sight of Kirai so that she couldn't um, yeah, she couldn't, she couldn't make Kirio on him. And then he focused yeah. and shot at the dead Doxy, who is now back inside the bubble, but he couldn't discard the card for it. So uh, cheated, her, cheated a high ram and killed her with three uh, critical strike damage there, too. So first turn, uh, I had full points for Vendetta. Um, nice. Then I think I made a dog move. Like, I had three of the squat markers. I had two of the squat markers turned by the end of turn one. My uh, sniper turned the third one, and I think I had um, a dog and Luna tying up the other one. And they were able to sit there and hold against an Akirio, um, the Philip, and a Necropunk for like all of turn two and most of turn three. And he didn't start getting points for squatter's rights until turn four. Um, and then on turn five, he used the Necropunk to basically finish up his, his schemes for, uh, line in the sand and protect territory. Uh, it was, it was a brutal little slog in the middle because basically I, I, I used Toshiro and McCabe to tie up the center marker and tie up all of the things that were there, like a flesh construct and the Akirio and, uh, my, Swordsman died to, I think, Izamu in turn one because he has that positive twist to uh, attack and damage. Um, and, just damage. Yeah. Oh, just damage? He, yeah, well, he, he, yeah. he hit hard and killed my... Yeah. <laughs> real quick. Yeah, he's still Essentially, he took her down Sorry. to one because she's got her to kill, and I was like, all right, I'll activate. Um, I'll do You Shall Not See Another Sunrise on Izamu. He's like, that's what henchmen are master only. I'm like, no, it's just not minion, not peon. So it's enforcer or higher. Um, and he's like, oh, it's like, yeah. So I mean, she'll get another chance to do it, but you'll probably kill her anyway. She's like, no, she's not getting another chance. Activated um, uh, Kirai and, and hit her with a, a sundering, killed her. Um, and then uh, my Gatanaka sniper was sort of holding fast on one of the markers next to his next to a protect territory marker that he placed and my um ostringer with glowy saber in hand sat there and guarded the other one eventually mccabe went down both times so he died eventually tashiro went down he died um and the last thing that he did was oh well i'll kill your katsunaka sniper and then i'll use the carrying effigy to clear that protect territory marker and then i'll use my drowner that i just summoned last turn to drop a key marker. So it went, went from six to seven, or no, I went from six to 10 to eight to seven in like three activations. And I was just super out activated at that point. I didn't have anything I could do about it. But it was a hell of a game. Chris Chris plays a hell of a game. This is Chris Lomotier. Loma, 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 I think it's Lomotier. I don't know if I've ever, ever, ever actually heard him say his name. Um, okay. 
he doesn't he didn't used to come to our Fridays and then um, he started coming to our Fridays because his work schedule changed and uh, and since uh, he's got one more month before his work schedule changes back because of the seasons but it, it's he's a hell of a player I'm glad he's sort of coming around uh, his second game against me was I declared uh, gremlins because I wanted to declare gremlins. I wanted to get away from 10th Undershore for just a second. Uh, but I was ready to play either Ophelia or Brewmaster, depending on strategies and schemes. So I was, I was ready to choose instead of just saying, well, I'm going to go in and play so-and-so, um, yeah, yeah. which is the way to do it. Nice I did that with the first one, too, because I saw game four, and I was like, well, okay, well, we got squatters rights and vendetta uh, i'm gonna play mccabe so i can do mccabe doing squatters and and uh and uh austringer <laughs> yeah. uh, versus her vendetta so yeah that was that was awesome anyway uh so my second game was uh headhunter i don't remember what all of them were but i took plant explosives and protect territory he took protect territory and line of sand again uh i went with ophelia he went with karai again uh, I played Ophelia with um, the one that gives uh, out uh, the good stuff or the Swigashine, the Swigashine upgrade. Mm -hmm. And then I took Raimi with Dirty Cheater. I took Francois with Dirty Cheater and Stilts. I took Trixie Bell with a gun for the lady and Bounty. I took two youngins. I took a slop holler. I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. Oh, no, I took fingers. I also took fingers with no upgrades. My plan was to, because he, he had announced protect territory and line in the sand, so my plan was to use his scheme markers against him for plant explosives. Problem was, as soon as he started summoning anything, he, and he killed Raimi in first turn, I think. Um, he just really quickly started to activate me. And so anytime I made a play that involved dropping a scheme marker, Philip would turn it into a corpse counter. So he'd be uh, like, all right, yeah. I'm going to drop a scheme marker. Now you can't drop scheme markers because I'm chatty. All right, great. Next turn, I'm going to turn that scheme marker into my scheme marker. Well, I'm going to turn that scheme marker that was my scheme marker into a corpse marker. Crap. Um, I had this amazing move. It was it was brilliant. I had the 13 of Rams in my hand, and I had a Red Joker in my hand. And so I moved in with, and Francois was engaged by the Akirio. And so I moved in with Ophelia and charged and shot, shot, shot. I used the zero action to pitch Francois right into melee engagement with, with um, uh, Karai. And then my plan was, my very next activation was going to be, all right, Francois drops um, uh, Reckless, double focus, stab Karai, cheat in the 13 of Rams. I already have, um, I already have Dumb Luck automatically triggering, but it's the card I had, so I might as well. Uh, cheat in 13 of Rams, and then cheat in the damage for the Red Joker to do 14 damage to her. I had already done eight to her with Raimi and he he stoned and got three stone, three health back. So I was just gonna hopefully chop her head off because the one thing that anyone who plays a summoner will tell you that the number one way to stop a summoner list is 
pressure the summoner or kill the summoner. And so my plan was if I throw all my material at her and kill her, then his team is, is just going to sort of dissipate. I mean, Philip is good, Dots was good, but without her doing a lot of the sort of heavy lifting, movement tricks, healing, that kind of stuff, summoning the Akira, you know, um, then, then he'll start to falter and I'll be able to sort of clean up. Um, mm -hmm. Unfortunately, he had a dead Doxy and the dead Doxy grabbed Frank, pushed him back towards my guys and then charged him um, with take the lead and then her two general AP and just blocked him from being able to go back up there. Uh, I tried one more time before the end of the game. He ended up dying to, I think, uh, Bet Noir and uh, my, so I lost Francois. A flesh construct came up and ate Ophelia, just devoured her, literally devoured her. Uh, and at that point in time, it was late in turn three. I was like, look, I've got, I've got Trixie Bell who's got shooting five but can't do enough damage with it to really be able to kill much at this point. And I don't have anything else left to be able to pick it up. And I have fingers, but fingers isn't going to be able to do any of the schemes that I want to do because you're out activating me. And at this point, you'd be like, well, I'll just get rid of all your scheme markers forever. So... <clears throat> We, I think we called it going into turn four because there just wasn't anything I could do to win at that point in time, and, and I was getting really grumpy and frustrated. And I even, I think I even snapped at Josh, who came up and was like, "Hey, you should report these games to the summer league." And I was like, "Don't talk to me right now, okay? I'm having a bad, okay? All right, just." It's like, no, no, it's really easy. I'm like, no, that's not the point. Just and don't, please don't <laughs> talk to me. And then he sort of wandered oh, off. And I, was, I felt like a complete a hole. So Josh Cal, Josh Caldwell, I apologize for being a douche to you yesterday. Uh, it was frustrating. I yeah, I, I feel like I played it right. I just feel like nothing was going my way. And the other thing is that like if I'm hoping that I can do focus and attacks to be able to do, you know, straight damage and cheat in damage, and then oh by the way, I'm also hard to kill. Oh by the way, I also have uh, incorporeal, so I'll be having that damage. It was just like. That I did not have a crew that was able to do enough damage through the tricks I had available to me to, to kill things fast enough uh, to be able to succeed in that game. Uh, it was rough. It was a rough game. I don't know what I would do differently. That's the worst part. Um, <clears throat> I would hope that Frank, like if I, if I had been able to place Frank a little differently so he couldn't be lured back out, you know, or if I had waited for my waited for my scheme marker gambit a little while longer, or if I had let Frank get healed up before I tossed him, or like there are a lot of little things that would have that could have helped, but probably would not have, because that's just yeah. so powerful and able to paralyze on the drop of a hat. And it was rough. It was a rough game. Well played, Chris. Uh, yeah, I may be. I may just not be competitive with with Ophelia yet. Also, that might be the other thing. Mm -hmm. We'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. All right. That puts me at um, five games played with McCabe. So I'm done with McCabe. And that puts me at three games played with Ophelia and three games played with Bruy. Nice. So Close. overall, I'm at 91 played, 19 to go, 83%. Wow. Cool. 
well, I'm at 93 plate as well. What? That's awesome. That's weird. 140, though, because I'm doing the big challenge. If I was doing only five, I would have six games left. I if I was going up. to 10 games, I would have 109 yeah. <laughs> games left. Nice. Because the only games I haven't played, the only Masters I haven't played five games were like Pandora and Lynch, or no, Lucius, and then one more with Lucius, and then five with Pandora. Man. Everybody else. Getting there, yeah. So I've got I've got Karai and Molly left. I got one game left with Karai. I've got three games left with Molly. I've got Crid and Dita. Two with Crid, three with Dita. I've got Vix and Von Chill. One with Vic, two with Von Chill. I've got uh, Lynch and Brewy. Three with Lynch, two with Brewy, and I've got two with Ophelia. I'm I've got three games played with everybody, or no, two games or more played with everybody, and most of them are at three or more. <clears throat> I think awesome. I don't know what I want to do. I think I want to. I think I want to knock out Vic uh, or Outcast next. Or, yeah, or we have one more league game, so I'm gonna play Somer in that, and then I got no idea what I'm gonna do. Probably Arcanist for a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> Might just play one game with Arcanist and then move. But yeah, it's gonna be fun. I'm getting I'm like I'm I should go back to Neverborn, but I don't have any real desire to right now for some reason. I really do. I'm feeling my I'm feeling my want to play Neverborn go up, which is cool because I like the masters that I have to play there. Like I like all three of my Neverborn masters right now, uh, and I do get to play some Lynch. So like I could play Neverborn Lynch, and just go for it. Um, but I want to play Kaladi again. I like Kaladi a lot. I want to play Lilith again. I like Lilith a lot. Um. I am really excited to play this Vix list that I was trying to, to puzzle out in my head, which involves some Void Wretches to do scheme running and potential Barry shenanigans and uh, Bird Jepson to do crackerjack timing to gather enemies up and create tasty whirlwind targets. Um, yeah. So I'm excited to try that. I think that's what I'm going to try. That's why I'm excited to try Outcast next because I can I can knock out one game with Vix and then two games with Von Schill's pretty easily. Um, I have to try and think of Von Schill's that interests me though is the big problem. I don't know yep. what I want to do for that. I don't own a Hannah. I don't. Yeah. I could do the Von Schill knowledge is powerless, but I need a Hannah and I need more librarians. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Well, we'll figure it out. Yep. Competitiveness. Do we actually want to breach this topic? Oh no! Announcements. Yeah, we did backwards, so we got confused. So this is where you should edit in that thing that that you wanted to edit in. Which thing? Oh, that thing. Yes. So yes. here's our first announcement. First announcement, oh, then we wait. Doing we this thing. Here's the here's a, a promo clip for that thing. All right, now we have to wait silently for two minutes, right? No, I can generate silence. It's fine.
of Malifaux, home of conflict and strife, as its masters pit their pawns against one another, day in and day out. So entangled in their enemy's schemes as well as their own, they have barely noticed another power of burdens. An ancient horror sits beneath Malifaux. Through the twisting labyrinth of the sewers, in the deepest vaults below the city, its hatred rekindles. Attuned to the tides of fate, seven creations bound in effigy to the vying factions of the world above leave behind their missions as the threat grows. They must band together, for they cannot face it alone. Into the timeless depths below the city, they will go to face the terror that awaits. Fight with them and see who will survive in the dead of night. Join Through the Breach, a Malifaux transmission for the Dead of Night summer campaign. You will need to battle for your factions to increase the power of your effigy. Each week, the effigies will take damage and only the strongest will survive. Do you have what it takes to prevail in the dead of night? That is going on here in Portland, I believe. I think that anyone anywhere can uh, submit results to it if you want to do it. Um, go to the website that was mentioned. I believe it's on the Through the Breach website. Uh, and participate if you'd like. I mean, it sounds really fun. They've got a bunch of little campaign, like, story um, encounter kind of things. Um, it doesn't need to be the story encounter game in order to be able to submit your results. Uh, submit your results is a real small forum form completion. It's just like, who are you playing? Who is your opponent playing? What was your opponent's name? What was the score? Um, and then essentially it's like as games are being played, it is helping or hindering your faction's or emissary or effigy. I think effigy. And uh, and then the um, the overall winner gets something cool, I think. Faction wise. Perhaps some commissioned artwork or something. Our second announcement is, uh, after some deliberation, uh, we have decided, uh, Ken, Ken Masterby was, was a, a guest host a couple times at this point. Um, usually when we want to talk about gremlins, we bring him on because he's our gremlin player. He's, he's my friend and a gremlin player. Um, he had a really good time doing it both of his times. And, uh, and he asked me yesterday, which was his birthday, if he could be uh, a new host on Mistakes Were Made. And I said, Ken, uh, because it's your birthday, I will say yes. But tomorrow I'll say no. No, I, I, said, <laughs> I said that we had been sort of thinking about giving him a, you know, if he ever wants to come on sort of carte blanche invitation anyway. But I think Friend of the show category. Yeah, exactly. But I think that I think that if he'd like to if he'd like to come on and host full time with us, then I don't see why not. Because he's got a great voice, and he is a person who plays masters that we don't really play, and um, in a faction that we don't. Neither of us really means. And um, he's part of my meta. He's part we, of your meta. As so. we both played like two or three games with Gremlins this last week. So. <laughs> 
so he, uh, he's, he's going to be real life friends of yeah, both. Yeah. Oh, jeez. And uh, and I don't see why we shouldn't. And it'll give him some flexibility. Like if one of us can't record a week, then the other two can. Like it, we won't have to stop production if someone's having a busy. Yeah, time. ideally we'll be able to get a little more, even more regular on our podcast releases. Should be good. It'd be great, yeah. So I'm excited to welcome him to the cast. He will be gone for a month. Sorry, guys, I have to take a leave. Of absence. <laughs> he's, he's moving across the country, and uh, that involves uh, driving. He, they're doing it the he, they're doing it the very sort of ambitious, potentially naive way, where they're driving way far south and taking some time at each of their destinations to do hiking and, and touristy things and then uh and then working their way up um so he'll be taking a big long like seven to 14 day trip across the country or something like that um and then ending up in michigan where where uh where now is where alan joe are um and then after that we'll we'll give him some time to settle and then we'll 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 fold him into the rotation so yeah, Ken. If you're listening to this, Ken, right now, you're probably smiling like an idiot, and that makes me happy. <laughs> I can see yep. your face right now. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and our final know. announcement, uh, Alan, do you want to take this one? No. Okay. Our final announcement is that we have officially started up the Mistakes Were Made podcast Patreon page. Um, it's patreon.com slash MWM podcast. Uh, if you feel like you are swimming in dollars and you want us to be swimming in some of those dollars with you, then uh, you can go there and contribute. Uh, we're looking at, I mean, our, our goals at this point are just to sort of um, take the take the cost of the website off of our shoulders. Um, yeah, ideally we'd have able to raise some money so we can pay for our hosting and everything. Not out of our pockets. That's Which the first great. goal. And that's, and that's a real, it's a real low. It's pretty easy. Um, we have enough listeners that if a lot of you donated $1 a month for the year, then we would Actually, be. Very few of you did. <laughs> we don't need a lot of people to donate for that one. But no. And, and then the other things we want to do, we've got some other ideas we're working on too that we're trying to get sort of going on. Yep. And this would be a good motivation and helpful just in getting some equipment. I will, I always since like the beginning of wanted to do some like live interviews with people that are like more interesting than us. Yeah. So, <laughs> either on players. video or <laughs> on podcast, either audio or audio and video. I mean, ideally yeah. we'd, we'd be able to do video. I mean, I have a camera capable of doing it, but I don't have the microphone I would need to, you know, actually make it happen. Plus, just the you know, time editing, and I don't have software to edit a video. So, yeah, so that's one of our big goals. And, uh, if we start, if we start seeing dollar bills coming towards us for doing this podcast <laughs> that we do, it it would certainly encourage me to spend more time with editing and add more segments, and we could start doing things like uh, event recaps whenever we go to events or. Uh, Winner circle interviews. Like I, if 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 there if our goal is met, and let's say I end up getting to come to Adepticon next year, I will do a 
Super Bowl post Super Bowl style interview with <laughs> the winner of Adepticon, and I'll ask them what they're what they're going to do next, and they will not say I'm going to Disneyland, um, but it will be, still be a fun yeah. interview, I think. No, it's it, that that's something we've we've wanted to do, and I think that even if we don't get a bunch of money, we're still going to try and do it. You know, Absolutely. Even if we get no money, we're still going to, like, I was already planning on it. I'm actually officially, like, going to be at Gen Con for at least a bit and not playing any events, maybe playing, like, one event just because it's my first time and I didn't know and didn't register early enough. But uh, just, you know, hanging out and ideally I'll take my camera and do some recording or just my microphone and actually record some stuff. So that should be our first attempt at it, and we'll see how it goes and build it from there. Doesn't that sound great, everybody? Don't you want to get in on the ground floor yeah, of that? It's going to be fun. Not so, that uh, you, yeah. you'll still be able to view it and everything if you don't donate. It's we're not doing any restricted yeah, no, stuff. We won't be so. doing premium content or anything. But if you feel if you feel like this is something you want to support, there is now a easy way to to help us. Support. And, and get us moving towards new things. Uh, things that we're looking to do in the, in the future are potentially creating some sort of web store with Mistakes for Made style merchandise, uh, perhaps gaming aids, perhaps um, uh, logos, patches, stuff like that. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm very excited. It, it's something that we've been sort of toying around with doing for a long time, um, and we just didn't want to have to deal with the logistics and so this this afternoon this morning um we just sort of went for it and we're already up so if you want to do it today patreon.com slash mwm podcast if you don't oh, want to do it to today, add that maybe to you could do it tomorrow outro. i don't know we can add to the show notes it'll be in the show notes or the outro you know we gotta we're gonna have to re-edit the the, the whole end thing now oh that's true it will. <laughs> no, which is good no it's We'll, re we'll record it with higher quality standards this time, and uh, and really and really make it really sell it, you know. <laughs> yep. Um. Okay. Finally, competitiveness. Competitive. Oh right, we were going to talk about that too. <laughs> I just think I, it's, I think it's an interesting philosophical question. I feel like it could have been a question of the day, but. I don't know if it's really anything that needs a question of the day style answer. Like it doesn't have, I don't think it has a concrete answer. And that is yeah. when, when you're playing a game, be it a friendly game, be it a, you know, a local tournament being a, a larger sort of regional tournament, when you're picking your list, I find that I have a number of ways to come at it. Um, when I'm at a big tournament, a lot of times I will, I am able to sort of get this game face on and really go for, the list that's going to be the most effective, the the streamlined list, the um, the the power list, the power gamer list, kind of thing. Um, yeah, you're the, you're developing what you feel is the optimal list for that thing, and that's your goal is to build that and go with that exactly. when you're in a tournament. Yeah, um, and uh, and sometimes that just sort of snaps right in my head. I look at the steam, I look at the strategy, I look at the map, and I'm like, oh. This no, this is the perfect choice already. Um, I find a lot of times when I'm in friendly games or Friday Night Malifaux games, be they against Dan Johnson or Chris or Ken or anybody like that, uh, a lot of times I don't go after the obvious list. 
Um, a good example was a game I was I was going to play with Ken before he got a little too busy packing. Was there was a game where it was uh, flank deployment with uh, squatters rights, breakthrough, assassinate, entourage, and spring the trap. And my head told me since I had already de declared arcanists that Colette was going to be great because she's really hard to assassinate. Um, the Colette crew would be really good because in flank, I can literally, from my starting area, pitch a ski marker that will count for breakthrough. Um, I could use Cassandra and either go for um, Entourage or Spring the Trap and keep them both sort of hidden and, and you know, pump fake for one or the other. Or take a Corfi duet and go after and assassinate if, if they choose a master that I think is killable. So it's like I could create a list that could do any or all of the schemes and strategy extremely well. And my first thought right after I noticed that was, well, I'll play Colette. Here's my crew list. I'll see what he picks. Maybe I'll choose Karis instead. All right, let's start thinking about Karis. <laughs> I was like, why, why would I do that to myself? I, I know the list that's going to be very, very strong at winning this game. Why would I then say, well, maybe I should, maybe I should cripple myself? A little. Um, that, go ahead. I think part of that is that you're not playing in a competitive atmosphere right then, and when you're not, I don't think there's a problem with going with something that you're not as familiar with. Right, and I think that's the biggest. Thing. Like, I feel like Karis could have been as competitive. It was it'd be different. Be if a, was... Exactly. If you're going into the you know the fourth round of a tournament, you know, and that was what you did. Well, but then that's the other thing is that there is that question of surprise. You know, the element of surprise. If oh, yeah, if they if I'm playing Arcanist and they see that list, they're probably thinking, well, he's going to be playing Colette, and then I come in with Ironsides or something just completely out of left field that maybe they haven't had a lot of experience with. Um, yeah. The, the, that's also but true. I, I feel like a lot of times the newer masters. Exactly. If you can't if you can't do that in a way that is going to still be nearly as effective as the power list, then the power list is just going to be better. Um, yeah, I think that that there's there's some corner cases where coming at it at the side and really your opponent isn't sure you know wasn't expecting it can come in and be really good. Yeah. But uh, I don't. There's you know I think it's more has to do with like getting them to bring models that aren't as good versus what you're bringing. Like if you're bringing, if you're doing Arcanist and it's a scheme pool where they think they're going to face Ramos. So they bring a bunch of relic hammers and then you bring Marcus, you know, like, and there's yeah. no constructs in your list. Right. You can for, get some advantage. Uh, there. MSU, no, no construct list kind of thing. Like if I brought yeah, I with Oxford mages and gunsmiths, you know, just blow them off the table. Not that relic hammers aren't good anyway, but <laughs> hey, yeah. um, so so that's another thing that like I've been working. I've been talking. I've been having a lot of conversations with Dan and Ken about where it's like I get to the point where even when I choose a list and I start to do well with that list, I I start to feel like I I start to feel bad about winning. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so well, I my punches a little bit, and then that means my, like, and it happened during Califo. My first round of Califo, I was playing uh, a McMorning list against the Victoria's list, 
and it was just like every single activation I was pushing, I was pushing and pushing and pushing and pushing, and um, and it, I kind of felt bad because even the even the opponent was like, man, you don't you don't got to do that. I was like, no, I'm I'm sorry, I I kind of do. I'm really I'm really trying to. Uh, I'm trying to develop this killer instinct, and and I don't want to tell him that. I was like, look, I'm you're just an opponent, but at the same time, like I'm I'm doing this, playing this game to win, and I have to be able to put the fact that it's a game in the front of my head and just go for the win, you know. Anyway, yeah, I'm working on developing See, a killer instinct, and uh, it's going slowly. This is the long and short of that. <laughs> yeah it's it's a weird balance though too because you don't want to well it's not because you're not that guy rudy yeah like <laughs> even when you are competitive you're not like anti-fun right so well, and i think the the last thing is that in a in a non-competitive environment that is exactly the time to play things that you're not as familiar with and develop new skills and new tactics for them. So if this case, um, the case with Ken, playing Karis would have given me new ways to think about playing this list and this and this scheme and strategy. Um, and that would potentially teach me things that I could come into a tournament and feel comfortable taking a list that is suboptimal but comes at it slantwise, you know? Yeah. I think... That, well, and just seeing what the crew can do. Yeah, I think that I need. The, the other thing is, I need to feel because I was getting really grumpy about the game with Karai yesterday, and I should have just said, you know, it's not my day, it's not my crew. You know, this isn't this. This didn't work out. That's fine. You know, not all crews are going to you know compete as good as everything else every single time. You know, and and the cards were maybe necessarily with me and. Maybe he just chose a good counter, and I didn't think about him playing Cry again. Whatever. Um, I need to remember that Devour exists. Apparently. Yeah, that that's. I think being a able very to good reason to not take Ophelia. Yeah. Well, it was either Ophelia and Brewmaster, and Brewmaster would be terrible at Headhunter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Oh, competitive. Uh, really, it's just a question of I need to make sure that I'm having fun when I'm playing the game and not just caring about whether I'm winning or not. And I'm not one of the people who says winning the game is what makes it fun for me. Like the playing of the game, the tactics of the game. I was having a really good time in the first game all the way up to the end. And even when, you know, he was able to flip that last thing and, and go, you know, from 610 to 8-7, was, it was like, it was dramatic, you know. It was, it was, in, it was, Engrossing, so I was having a good time. Second game, right. I didn't feel like I had control at any point in time, and that's why it was frustrating. Okay, <laughs> so that I think that's it. If you yeah. want to reach out to us about any of the topics we talked about today, Patreon, um, Ken as a host, no, oh, okay, uh, competitiveness. <laughs> if you want to talk about any of those things, you can hit us up on the Twitter. Which is at MWM Podcast. You can get us on our email, which is M. Is it at MWM or M, MWM, MWM Podcast at gmail.com. Yep. You could also. Or uh, individually. Or individually. You can hit us up. Yeah, go ahead. At uh, 
Twitter is the best way to get a hold of us. And I'm Al4317. And Rudy is... MWM Rudy, that you'll find me. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to... Don't try and spell his last name. No, it's not worth it. (laughs) And finally, if you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash podcast. And that would be awesome. Yeah. Do that. I feel like I want to slip in the When You Help Others song from Avenue Q here. But I probably won't. Helping others brings you closer to God. So give me a quarter. I don't have any change. Hmm. Okay. Give me a dollar. That's not what I meant. Give me a five. Are you kidding? The more you give, the more you get. That's being a Different music every week instead of the same music every week. Or start with one song. Oh, that could be a reward. Or there's lots of things. They get to pick the song. <gasps> that sounds like a great goal. If you give us it's a X reward, they can change the song. You can choose. You can pick the song for the show. Be fun. Yep. Um, 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 that was good. Thanks again for the and stories to warn me of the dangers that were laying before me to keep it in a rest and she would hide the lesson to guide my direction provide the right message in time i developed a sense of her embellishments hence i was rebellious against what she was telling me when i was a teen i pretended that my demons were friends i defended the place yo and that was the case slurred speech tripping off of my face the world creeped as i slipped to the awfulest place you could imagine not the average things you see on acid my granddad bloody hovering on a speaker cabinet Laughing in a raspy tone, covered in maggots, a snack on his mass of the bone. I couldn't grasp it. Did it double dismount?